Why are you so irritable, Michael? <sighs> we'll get to it in a little bit. So, uh, does this have anything to do with the text message about Burger King? Yeah. <laughs> yep. God, you are just a yeah. bundle of anxiety. You need you need to sit down with a Reiki master. I, I don't know what that is. Well, we're going to find out. Okay. okay? You want to do this? Yeah, let's do this, Rick, because we are hanging by a thread today. <laughs> This episode of Small Town Scuttlebutt is brought to you in part by Medfield Village Cleaners. A one-stop garment care shop that has been family-owned and operated since 1993. And also by Perez Martial Arts. Small Town Scuttlebutt. Hey, Scuttlebutts, what's up? It's Rick Fink Jr. hanging out here in the northeast corner of my basement in the Small Town Scuttlebutt Studios. We're recording another episode of the only podcast in the world called Small Town Scuttlebutt. A lot of redundancy there. Yep. Did you guys get that? This is Small Town Scuttlebutt, the show. And the studio. Okay. Across the table from me is my buddy Mike Page. And to my right, Mike's left, is Liz Daly, our, our scuttlebutt. We haven't given you a title yet. So it's a working title when we say correspondent, but you've been a fill-in co-host. Yeah. And uh, you come in with some bits and, and perspectives that, you know, add some flavor and panache to the show. <laughs> right? We're getting, getting great feedback. I think panache I think is the right so. term, yes, right? I love the term panache. Yeah, I do too. I, and you know what? I'm yes. the only one that I know that uses that word. I love it. It's in my vernacular. I use it at least once a week. <laughs> Can you spell it? P I N A C H. Panache is psych. P A N A C H E. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Panache. I like how you both don't know how to use the word in a sentence, but boy, you know how to spell it. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, a little high five there. Great. Yeah. Oh, okay, Mike, you want to gang up on me there? Let me ask you a question. Okay. Got a text from you because you were late. Yep. And I'm not, you know, now that we're an LLC, yep. a limited liability company, we're not just small town scuttlebutt. We're small town scuttlebutt LLC. Yeah. I got to I gotta raise the bar here. I got to, you know, hold people a little more accountable. So would you like to explain your text to me? 3.30 ETA. Yeah. Due to unforeseen bullshit at the Burger King. Yep. Explain yourself. Okay. So I left my place at 1.30, more than ample time to get here by 3 o'clock. Uh, okay, with, that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 90 yes. minutes from Salem? Oh, yeah. 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 So I was leaving myself time for a two-minute diversion to cut over to Burger King where I thought, I'm going to stop and get a Whopper with cheese because I have a coupon that arrived in the mail. I'm not a coupon clipper, and today I was reminded why. Because the only reason I went to Burger King was because I had this stupid coupon. <laughs> 45 minutes of my life that I will never get back. 45 minutes? You could have gone to a restaurant and ordered Thank a you. meal. Thank you. I have never seen less of a sense of urgency than was displayed on Highland Ave <laughs> at Burger King today. I was irate. Yeah. Uh, my coupon mm-hmm. for a $6 Whopper meal, uh, it still cost $8.12. The guy tried explaining how that happened, and I was like, you know what? Save it. It's new math. Yeah. Save it because 
I'm seeing the receipt that's coming up. It doesn't compute at all yeah. how you got to this, but mm-hmm. whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm over it. Just just make the Whopper meal. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Sorry, man. More like sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Fast forward four minutes. I'm still waiting. Okay. Like, whatever. No, no big deal yet. And at this point, I'm still being patient. Then this little kid who, mind you, should have been in school because he was at he was definitely seven years old. I have worked with this age group a long time. I can tell you this kid was, in fact, seven. You don't without, know his story. You don't know his story, Mike. Rick, I can guarantee you this kid was seven years old. Mm-hmm. He's standing there. I'm so tired of these douchebags, blah, blah, blah. And Rick, his parents are saying nothing. This, Even wait. if you let your kid talk like this at home, the idea that you are out in public and your child is talking like this in front of a bunch of adults absolutely unacceptable. I don't care what your household is like. Tell me, you you did you intervene? So I'm biting my tongue. Then he says, Mom, Mom, do you hear me? I said I'm tired of these douchebags. This is fucking bullshit. Okay, let's go. And oh I was God. like, so now I'm like, uh-uh, A seven-year-old. Uh-uh, kid. So I was wow. like, I go, kid, I know you're not talking to your mother like that. And the dad turns around and goes, don't talk to my son like that. And I was like, Oh my God! So you're the asshole. Now, in this now my blood is boiling, and uh-huh. I'm like, "All right, you, you raise your kid the way you want to raise your kid." So I continue to wait f- for an eternity. <sighs> like it was already taking too long, but now that I've dealt with this, now it's like, yeah. Now my blood is boiling. Mm-hmm. Now it's been like 20 minutes. Then this kid finally gets his his meal and picks off a tomato and flings it. Directly at me. I know why he's not in school. A, a mayonnaise, yeah, a mayonnaise-covered little piece of tomato. I know. Oh my Aww. god! Yeah. So you now, have now I have what looks like stain. a pea stain on my pants, which are gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. Your gray child. jeans. So I, I am like beside myself, and the so I'm like furious. The guy that worked there saw it, and he was like, "Uh, do." Uh, what do you want to do about this? And I was like, uh, I mean, the kid's seven, so there's not really a whole lot I can do. I can tell you what I would do if he was older and did that, but this kid's seven. I would have punched the dad. Remember we did yeah. the episode, people that need a punch in the face? Yeah, this, the dad. The dad. This the guy dad. is 100% on that list. Uh, so then the, the guy, and by the way, these, these Burger King employees were not exactly um, exemplary. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but so the guy was like, do you want to like press charges or something? I was <laughs> like, I, and I go, I go, no, but I would pay you money to call the cops on this kid because somebody needs to show this kid that there are consequences in life. And clearly his parents aren't doing it. And the, the manager is laughing and I'm like, this isn't fun. So anyway, you'd think that with all that's going on, that they would be like rushing my order through, right? Get this guy out of here before he like burns the place down. No. I was there for like 40, 45 minutes to get a Whopper with cheese. Okay. I'll never go back. Thank you for that story. This is a comedy podcast. Yeah, and I'm all sorry. you did is piss everyone who's listening yeah, off, sorry. including myself and Liz. So, Liz, let's take it to the comedic level and make fun mm-hmm. of Mike for being stupid enough to spend 45 minutes of his life for a yeah, $6 was, meal. I was no, just no. Say. Here's the thing once, you've, once you're in it for 10 minutes, you, and you've already paid. Yeah. You're not leaving without it. Yeah, your your stubbornness just took oh, over. But wait, they made it worth my while. Do you how many how many napkins do you think they gave me with my whopper? Oh, they cheese? gave you one inch thick clump of napkins. Probably how many 20. do you think, Liz? Probably gave you like yeah, twenty or thirty. Twenty or like. one. <laughs> Look at this. 
Yeah, yes. that's it. That's what we got. Actually, I'm going to count those while we for, talk. For one Whopper. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, one, and a large fries. Two. Three. I feel like, Mike, for the $8 you spent and the inevitable stomach ache you're going to get from that Whopper, yeah, it was it not worth it. Uh, no, of course not. It was not worth but it. But there's nobody more stubborn than me, and I wasn't <laughs> leaving without that meal. Uh, Liz, we said 20, right? Yes. The answer. Did you use any? Uh, I used two that I had already pulled out of the thing. Okay. So those are the ones they gave me. Oh, 17. What is that? An inch and a half, two mm-hmm. inches thick? Yeah. Yep. 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 And you've been sitting on them. They're warm still from your, <laughs> your butt. Toasty butt napkins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you sit on a toilet seat and it's mm-hmm. warm, does that skeeve you out or no. is it comfortable? It's, it's comfortable. But knowing it's oh, from God. someone else's butt? Well, it's from someone in my family. I don't oh, sit on no. public no, no, toilets. No, Rick's no, talking no, this at your the truck. airport. This is at the truck stop. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I squat in public toilets. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I would never <laughs> sit on a public toilet. Yeah, I just, I still think you can get AIDS from a toilet seat. You know, <laughs> nobody gets AIDS anymore. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so uh, passe. crabs, maybe crabs, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think after <laughs> that, Mike's... That, wow. That All just right, so anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, Liz, Liz, you're the Who's mom gonna here. bring my blood pressure down? Because between the uh, Burger King incident and mm-hmm. all of the mm-hmm. sodium that I've consumed in the last, uh, I don't know, however long yeah. that was, I, I'm like, I'm still simmering over here. That's amazing. Liz, mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. do point, counterpoint. You take yep. the mom perspective. I take the dad perspective. One of your kids just said you're so sick of these douchebags. How do you respond? What do you do? Um, I goon arm them, like grab mm-hmm. them by the arm and drag them out of the Burger King. What, yeah. what do you call it? A goon arm. Goon arm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he, was, he was also still demanding um, a milkshake and, and ice cream. Like as as he his parents are like fed up with him, he's still making demands. That many, kid runs that and, house. And, yeah. and I will tell you, he got pretty much everything that he was demanding. So it sounds like he's an, he's an only, only child. I hope so. I hope I mean, he's the only one there. There's not more than one of them. How, how overweight was this kid? Um, moderate to severe. Oof. Okay. See, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's just gluttony and yes. And now I will also abuse. say it is in child abuse. I, you know, I mm-hmm. I hate going to fast food places with my kids. If it ever happens, it's like this is not going to be a trend. We're not like I don't want to like take the fun out of it for them. Mm-hmm. But like, there's I, I have no problem saying no. Because once you take them once, they're like, oh, can we go there again? Right. Nope. It's just a special treat. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Daddy was lazy. You caught him with his guard down. That's how it <laughs> got by the last time. Yep. So you say a goon arm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Describe that. You grab them by grab the them upper. Grab them by the arm. Yeah. Upper arm, like almost like the armpit. Mm-hmm. And you drag yeah. them out because they're not going to go willingly. And then what do you do when you get out there? I think we get in the car, we go home, and they spend the rest of the day in their room with no electronics. Liz, I think I'm in lockstep with you. Mm-hmm. There's this, that's just unacceptable. I don't want to say, I don't want to be a one-upper and say I'm a better parent than you. <laughs> but before I leave, or I would do that, but then I say, we're going back inside and you are apologizing mm. to the person that works there and that man yep. that was in line that heard you and you're going to look them in the eye when you do it. Do you understand me? Good. Go. Yeah. Go. And I'm right behind him. And I'll, and I'll say something. I'll, I'll coach him like louder eye contact. Yep. You know, and then we go continue mm-hmm. on. Meanwhile, yes. these parents just kind of looked embarrassed the whole time. And I was like, mm, you're not fixing anything. Right. In all of my years, I've seen one child forcibly dragged out of a store by parents. 
I shouldn't say in all of my years. In all of my years as an adult, mm-hmm. and when I was a kid, that was the norm. You saw a oh, kid, yeah. you saw a kid throw a fit, and you're like, "Oh, you're an idiot," because you're about to get dragged out by your mom. Yep, there you go. Mm-hmm. I and since I have graduated high school, I've seen one kid. I was at a Target. A kid threw a fit in the toy aisle, and his dad picked him up and was like, "You're done," and like just marched him out of the store mm-hmm. and I, I as he went by i said good for you wow yeah all right well we got to switch anyway i'm done complaining yeah no yeah, i'm glad thank you for getting yeah. it off your chest you, you can feel cut better all now of that out. no we're going to totally use a lot of that but we do have to make good use of liz's time cuz liz let's let me ask personal mm-hmm. questions about sure. your personal life of course what do you got going on after, what's your mom's schedule tonight so Will is Will has a baseball game right now that I might try to catch a little bit of. Brady has lacrosse practice, and then I gotta pick up Avery. Okay, later in the show, I'm going to inter- interview a Reiki master, and I think this is a fun thing to talk about because one of the themes on the show is self care. You know, like if we're gonna react to the overreactions of small town problems, I think we mm-hmm. should offer some help. What do you know about Reiki? So I know that it is like a form of healing and they um, basically get you in tune with your energy, I believe. So I have not done it personally, but I have had friends do it and they have found it very, very cathartic. They've usually done it through the course of some other types of therapy. Mm -hmm. um, And it's been like a really good emotional release for them. So I think if you can get yourself in the right headspace and some people might buy into this and some people might not, but I think it can be a really very healing, um, cathartic experience for would, you. Would you try it? I would. I'd try anything. Do you want to skip your kids' sporting events oh. and just leave your daughter at the after-school program and hang out for a little Reiki sesh, bro? I'd love it. I, I think call- it would be very cool. Mike, what do you know about this stuff? I know nothing. You guys are talking about it, and I'm like, this sounds like something from Ninjago. But I think this is something like, you might need after that Burger uh, experience. Uh, yeah. Here comes the Reiki master. <laughs> Sounds like Mike has a closed mind. Yes. I just don't know anything about Reiki. Well, I just handed you a little... Um, okay, here we go. Why don't you uh, read am I reading this? Yeah, sure. Reiki is a Japanese technique for stress reduction and... Re- no wonder I know nothing about <laughs> it. <laughs> it is administered by laying on... Ha- what? It is administered by laying on hands and is based on the idea that an unseen life force energy flows through... So this is like there's some force field and I'm sensing your negative energy and I'm going to draw it out of you? I think so. And this is a positive person doing it? Mm. Oh, yeah. Shouldn't she then be suddenly overcome with stress because it is now absorbed into her? Maybe it's like, you know, Ghostbusters, they put it into the trap. Right. Oh, yeah. Maybe she like takes it and goes, oh, get the shit out of here. And then she's where's your trash can? And then it's Puts it in there. I think it's important, though, to embrace things, whether it's this or meditation or whatnot, that help calm your mind. Because most of us, whether we realize it or not, walk around with a certain amount of anxiety. Mm -hmm. And when your anxiety goes up, things like short-term memory actually go down. So you... Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wait, what? so when your anxiety goes, wait, are you being serious? I'm dead serious. Oh my God. No, okay. this just explained a lot. Yeah, dude, you came in here all anxiety ridden because yeah. of this little pudgy kid, you know, on the sodium high, yeah, who who just can't handle sharing the world with douchebags like you in life. Right. And now you're he here. wasn't even talking about me. Yeah. And now you immediately just forgot that we were what we were talking about. Yeah, so, yeah. so I do something. It's a. a 
occasionally. I don't do it as often as I should, but it's a form of meditation. It's called yoga nidra and it's actually a guided meditation. It's, I have two apps on my phone for it there. It's 10 minutes and essentially you just lie on the floor, the bed, the whatever yoga mat, whatever you want. And someone guides you through relaxing every part of your body. So like the top of your head, your neck, the, mm-hmm. your shoulders, upper arm, and they walk you through just basically getting in tune with every part of your body and relaxing. And I find it helps me personally get into a better headspace. Like a few weeks ago, I had to give a presentation just over Zoom, um, but it was like at two o'clock in the afternoon was my presentation. And I had like back to back to back meetings leading up to that. And then I had meetings after that and kid stuff. And my mind was, again, just like this jumble of information and to do's and I couldn't focus on prepping for my presentation and I was like I like my mind is a mess right now so I just closed my laptop I laid down on the floor of my office and I did the meditation and it totally helped it cleared out like all the clutter that I didn't need to access at that time so I could focus on the one thing I did need to access so I do recommend it how long did that take 10 minutes 10 minutes Mm -hmm. And, and you were pretty good yep like rejuvenated Yes, I was able to focus after that. I tried yoga for the first time last summer in a field with cows. Ooh. And let me tell you, I wasn't relaxed at all because <laughs> what here's my here's my thing. The um the instructor was standing on the only flat spot of the field. Everybody else is standing with their foot on like a 45 degree angle and then they're they're telling you what to do and I was like these are impossible tasks that you're giving us because mm-hmm. you're the only one standing on even ground and the rest of us are on a hill and yoga is a, a lot about balance oh I, I, I would find learned that very quickly difficult to balance on yeah. a 45 degree angle I just right? feel like it's a gimmick like you know what if you're into yoga and you're running a yoga class you shouldn't need like the goat there to like get mm-hmm. people to come to your class you know if you've ever seen the video of goat yoga it's always like 50 women trying to get their selfie right. with the goat. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this is, you are not being present. The one thing I know about yoga is that you're supposed to be mindful and present. And this is not what is happening. They're right probably now. getting pooped all over too. I, one can hope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do do yoga in the comfort of my own home, mm-hmm. not with any goats. Yeah. I um, see what she did there. She said they're probably getting pooped on. And then she said, I do do yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Well played, Liz. Well played. <laughs> so I would encourage you to try it again, Mike. Well without joke. <laughs> without the cows. That's yeah. Funny. Okay. Well, you guys can head out of here. I know that you're busy, Mike. Thanks for coming in. Your Burger King story. <laughs> That's all I contributed. <laughs> all I contributed to this relaxation episode was a lot of anxiety. Yep. Let me pile on some stress that you can then have removed. The guest just came. I'm going to finish the show. We'll go to a commercial and then we'll be back with Gina Duffy, the Reiki master. Let's face it. When it's time to order dinner, you want some choices. Well, that's what Royal Pizza has. Choices. What am I talking about? You want a pizza? You can get one topping, two toppings, three toppings, four toppings. Not enough? How about a special pizza? You tell them whatever you want, they'll do it. They've got 16 specialty pizzas. I highly recommend the chicken bacon ranch. Calzones, subs and wraps, pasta, dinner platters, salads, side orders, a kid's menu, all of that available to you at royalpizzamedfield.com. 
Hiring a good landscaper is not easy. It's a relationship. And if you want a good relationship, you need to check out my buddy Mario Apollity. He owns Mario's Lawn Care. He does landscaping, maintenance, snow removal, lawn construction, you know, rock and stump and dirt removal, all that excavation type stuff. Mario's great, but kudos to his guys, my friends, Jay and Hussein, that whole crew. They take service to a whole new level. So call my man Mario, he's a townie with a great reputation. 508-359-8016. Isn't it funny that you and I sort of befriended each other out in the desert? Just cracked me up. In the parking lot, actually. In a parking lot. Yeah. Just a random parking lot. It's like, hey, um, you look like you're not a serial killer, so I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> it sounds like the opening scene of like a movie where you have no idea wh- where's this going. You know, is it a psycho thriller? Is it a rom-com? What's going on here? Right. No, it was more like a very black comedy. Yeah. Thing. When I was standing maybe 20 feet away from you in my biking gear and my backpack, 20 feet away from you in your biking gear and backpack, I thought to myself, I'll bet you had 10 bucks. She's waiting for the same pickup that I am for the same trip. But I went into that trip saying, you know what? I always speak up first. I'm always the gregarious one. And I'm just going to throw all that away. And I'm just going to be here. And you know what? If we are going to be getting in the same band, we'll talk then. But I'll bet you 100 bucks. And you came over and we're like, hey, are you uh, are you waiting for a trip? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yep. How about you? Yes. I'm not shy. No, you're not. No, it was fun. It was great to meet you. And was, here yeah. and here and you are. You're now in my basement. You know, the, the, the world gets smaller and smaller. And mm-hmm. I, I was telling somebody prior to even going on this trip that I was um, looking to collaborate with anyone that wanted to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did? I swear. Really? Like, yeah. So this is how, this is part of my practice is that you just start to manifest and you set intentions and you put it out into the ethers and, and then I met you. Yeah. And oh, by the way, you do podcasts. I'm like, Thanks. So maybe I guess this is the perfect time to introduce you to our guest. With me in the studio is my new friend, Gina Duffy. She drove up here from Long Island and you're passing through to visit some kids that live here now. You have mass holes for I children now. <laughs> Good for you. Two of my children went to Zoom Mass. Oh, they did. They just love being a part of this whole mass hole culture. You are a Reiki master. Reiki, yeah. And you know, master's a funny thing. You know, it's, it's, um, I'm a, I always call myself a Reiki practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't mastered anything yet. I'm in the process of mastering my own life, which is a process in itself. And it never ends if mm-hmm. you have a good mindset, right? It's where, a, there's no finish line, yeah. Lifelong learning. Amen. There was a time where it's like, I got this. I know what I'm doing. Now I just feel like learning and reading more. Yeah. Are you reading anything right now? I'm reading, um, yeah, it's very trippy, but I, I'm I'm reading a book called Esoteric Acupuncture. Okay. And I'm reading another one about the Anakarana. It's all about this, like the practice that I do, and I don't read for leisure. Mm-hmm. I just I don't read a lot. You should always have a book. Yeah, I have I have a few books. Mm-hmm. I have about seven books that I I go through back and forth. What I wanted to say is the first half of the show, my co-host came mm-hmm. in. And he was in a huff. Uh, he had a bad experience at a Burger King. <laughs> and my other co-host was here. We were just laughing at this. But w- we were all really amped up. And this second half of this show is so chilled out. Your presence is very calming. And I am 
so glad that Mike's gone because he was amping me up. And now you're here, and I'm so relaxed and chilled out. It's great. Good. Well, well, Mike, perhaps maybe Burger King was your first mistake. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I know. What? It's bad. People still eat Burger King. Yeah. You know, like they do. They know. You know, when there's Chick Fil A out there, why would you ever go? Do you like Chick Fil A? I've eaten it once. Okay. What'd you think? I, I was like, oh, this is okay. I'm not a big fast food person anyway, yeah. so mm-hmm. in general, I just don't eat it. But yeah. My son actually talked me into it. I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's sure. go for it. Mm. It's just not in my, that's not something I do. Yep. And it was delicious for what it was. Mm-hmm. I haven't had it since, but it's, it's very good. When I eat their chicken sandwich, I look at it and I say, oh my God, this is an actual piece of chicken. Yeah. It's not processed. It's, it's not, not pressed. Right. Anyway, just a side note. So is this how you roll? Is this, is this Gina Duffy all the time? I mean, it wasn't always this case. It mm-hmm. was, it wasn't always this way. I mean, part of. What I do today came from a lot of upheaval, came from a lot of anger, came from a lot of that distress in my life. Really? Yeah. Really? You don't seem like you have an angry bone in your body. I'm happy that that is what comes forward now because it's been it's it's been a long process Mm -hmm. to to eliminate that part of me. I'm not going to say eliminate to to put that to rest Mm -hmm. and manage it. It's put away. Don't need that part of my existence anymore a lot of my anger a lot of my my anger is just a lot of anger was a result of feeling i needed to always be protecting myself protecting Mm -hmm. others and that was sort of how it all evolved for me from a very young age so maybe this is a good time to transition into reiki Mm -hmm. in the practice of this here you are the reiki master yeah before you came in, Liz had asked me, hey, what do you think of, of this? Do you believe in it? And uh, I say, you know what? I do in the sense that uh, we're aware of it. It's here. You know, it wouldn't have made it here if it had no validity. But uh, the skeptic in me is like, if it really works, if it's really beneficial, we would all be doing it. And then I thought, you know something? I bet it has a lot to do with the success of, of Reiki. Probably has a lot to do with one's ability to have an open mind and invite in the process. Yes. Do you agree with that? Is that a fair assessment from a guy who doesn't know anything about it? It is a very fair assessment. And I think I think for most people, and, and including myself, I mean, there was there was a time I didn't quite understand what I was being asked to do or being asked to be a part of because it found me. Like, I can't say that I was out actively seeking Reiki. It's not, wasn't in my mindset. It wasn't in anything. It it came to me at a time where this journey started for me at a time where I was pretty much at my lowest, Um, energetically at my lowest. My mindset was twisted. Um, Choices I was making were not for my highest good. Were they self-destructive choices? Very much so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So my energy needed to change and I was... You know, you talk about divine intervention. People come into your life at certain times for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. And this woman showed up in my life and started talking to me about my grandmother who had passed years before. I was like, okay. And I knew at that moment, I knew what my grandmother was telling her. Mm-hmm. Really? I, I did. I've always known. Was she a medium? This woman who approached me wasn't, yeah, yeah. she's a psychic medium. And, and she's did, still one of my dearest friends. And did she know you? How, how did that relationship begin? She did not know me. Uh-huh. She didn't know me at all. 
she knew me. F- I was I was working at the time as a personal trainer, and she stepped into my office. I assumed she wanted to speak to me about training. Sure. And it was not. It was about my grandmother. No she's, kidding. She told me she goes, "Your grandmother's been talking to me for a year, oh. and she only speaks to me in Italian." And this is what she, and I'm like, I already said, I said, I already know what she's going to tell me. I, I already know. <laughs> really? Yeah, because it was time. Do you want to share it? It was just, it, my grandmother, I, I would just imagine just standing over me with like this wooden spoon going, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing? With a very thick Italian accent. Uh-huh. Like, it's time. Yeah. Like, that's all I kept hearing. Like, it was time. And that started my journey. So things started to change. Wow. You know, I went to meditation. I went into, and then somebody suggested Reiki, and I'm like, well, what the hell is that? Were you pessimistic, or were you I was open-minded? Just, I always had this sort of foreshadowing kind of existence. Mm-hmm. And when it was introduced to me, I didn't quite get it. But somebody said, you definitely need to do this. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. At that point, I was saying yes to just about all the things that I thought were going to bring me to enlightenment, mm-hmm. or what I thought enlightenment was. Yeah. And that's how it started. Let's drill down. Is it called a session? So it's a Reiki session. So my practice is a hands-on practice. A lot of Reiki practitioners do not lay hands on at all. They hover, which I do as well. So I, I either, it, it honestly, is, it's what I'm called to do and where I'm, I'm called to move throughout their energy system, whether it's in their aura, if it's in their ethereal, if, wherever it is, is where I go. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to spirit. I'm listening to the universe kind of guide me. And it is, it's a life force. There's life force around all of us all the time. It's just being able to be initiated into that space, feel it, and listen to what's being offered. First, it starts as a conversation. Like I'll talk to somebody mm-hmm. and then I go into what I do. And for each person, what I do doesn't change. I can move energy for you. If there's something that is creating disease in the body or disease when the body is, is holding on to emotional trauma, mental trauma, even physical trauma, spiritual trauma, if there's energy that is not being paid attention to, addressed, there's stagnation that happens. And when things become stagnant, they begin to fester, and then they create physical symptoms. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the things that we do talk about. A lot of people come to me with physical illness, but the majority come in with they're emotionally broken. They can't understand it, and then we start talking. And as we start talking, we begin to find the root and the cause of what's going on, and then the work begins. The work begins even before they get there. Okay. So I can backtrack even further is that if I know somebody's coming in, even if I don't know them, if I know their name, mm-hmm. I'll sit in meditation with that energy. And sometimes, most times, I'm already getting the feedback of, of what's to come. Yeah. So maybe I'll write a few notes, and then I'll just present it to them. So this is what's come through for, for you. And when you say come through, you're talking about this is what I'm hearing, this is what I'm feeling. All of it. So sometimes I hear, sometimes I see. Are you really seeing things? Are you really hearing things, or is this metaphorically? No, no, no. There's like, like it's clear audience. I'm clear sentient. Like they give me information through my physical body. Okay. They'll give me sensations. They'll give me tactile cues. Like they'll start tapping me in a, in a certain place. And then I'll know that's where I'm supposed to go. They use me as a conduit and that's it. And when you say they, what, who, who's so they? So they are, and call it a lot of things. For me, I don't ever really ask who it is. That's not what is important to me. What's important to me is, is trusting that what is coming through is not only for their highest and greatest good, but also mine. I'm a junction box. Honestly, that's it. 
This is pretty heavy. A lot of people are going to say it's pseudoscience and it's sure. it's quack stuff. What sure. do you say? What do you say to that? Everything you just said is everything I hear, and they're like, "Really? Yeah. How is that possible?" I'm like, I, I don't know. It's not. I am not here to change your mind. Yeah. That's not why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. If you've never experienced it, then you can't really speak to it. Now, do you feel my energy right now? So, just in talking about our connection, I'm already getting a. I'm getting a pulse already. Is it good? Is it is this good so energy? So good. Is it's it good? So good. Because you know what would be weird is if like you were just like imagine what a jerk. Like, I'm I like, can't believe I'm sitting here. I drove up from Long Island. <laughs> I'm in this dude's basement, and I'm feeling sketchy. <laughs> yep. You know, like I'll, I'll just so yeah. you know, Gina. Every every woman that has come down into the corner of my basement has always left <laughs> left safely yeah. on this, their will. This is Sam. Proof, right? Uh, sound mm-hmm. insulated. Ah, okay. Soundproof so. would would Shoot. make it like you wouldn't hear anything, but in here, like when you walked in, yes, your voice dropped, right? It, did. it just died. It yeah. just had nothing to bounce off of. That's awesome. Yeah, it is kind of neat. It is really neat. It just helps with the audio. A podcast is nice because it's a slow burn. It's an interview. It's a casual conversation, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that should be done in person. I agree. So I am very curious. I'm open minded. How long is a session? Minimum of an hour. Oh, really? Yeah. It takes that long. It is because there's a lot of conversation that goes on first. Mm. And then there's always time after. I always leave time after to answer questions because people go places. It's hard to explain it because it gets a little trippy sometimes. There's a whole quantum realm that you step into when when I'm doing this. Really? Yeah. I don't have to know exactly what I'm doing. I don't know the science behind all of this. I don't know quantum physics. However, I spend a lot of time... In that realm. You, you lost me at quantum physics. I couldn't even, <laughs> that is, yeah. I think in quantum physics, everything, re, like all the laws reverse almost, right? Isn't that? So there's, you talk about timelines, right? Mm-hmm. And in in this human capacity that we're all walking in, there's a timeline. There's a past, present, future. Mm-hmm. Where I go, there's, there's, there's not really a timeline because time bends. So you can, you can be in, the very present moment that you are in. Yep. But access. Oh, come on. Okay, now this is. But access other places. This is awesome. This sounds yeah. like doing drugs it without is. doing drugs. 100%. Do people have trouble handling that? Because you could have a bad trip, you know, and if you were to do LSD or mm-hmm. not so much with mushrooms, but people can can go, oh, this is a little too much for me. Does the gravity of, of where you take people and what you do with people become problematic? Ever? I've never had a bad experience. Most, all people who, when they do kind of go into that other realm, they have a hard time coming back because it's, it's so profound. So where's your client? Are they laying on their back on a table? They're on a, it's like a massage table. Okay. Most times they start face up unless I'm directed to move them someplace else. Mm-hmm. Either on their side, um, sometimes seated. It, it, I listen to wherever they're supposed to be is where they go. Um, and then I... I just start. I start the scan. I just kind of feel around as to what, where the energy may be shifting. If I'm getting, if I'm getting tapping, if I'm getting frequency, if I'm getting vibrations, tingly, something, yeah. and or nothing, and then I just move. And the feedback after is, it's always, I can't believe you weren't right there. Like that's exactly where I was feeling this, or this is, this is where I was, uh, like had the stagnation and this is like my head was spinning when you, what were you doing? And I was like, Oh, well that makes sense. Cause I was 
pulling energy out of your head. How do you transition them? Okay, you're back in Long Island. Sorry about that. <laughs> you're, back. you're back from the other side. Yeah. It's a, it's a gentle return. You know, sometimes it's, it's, it's a conversation to have them come back and let them know it's time. Mm-hmm. You can't stay as lovely as it is. You can't stay. Mm-hmm. And you bring them back and, and they're like, wow, that was amazing. I really didn't want to come back. And I'm like, understand this. You can go there anytime. All of this energy is here for us to tap into. It's whether you're going to make the changes you need in your life to release what no longer serves you at the lower densities and invite in what's waiting. I don't heal you. I create space for you to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. I can alchemize energy at this moment. But here's the tricky part, right? When, when you start inviting the old energy back in, you're going to start to feel not so good again. And sure enough, I'll get calls two weeks later like, I can't believe I, f- I felt great and now I don't. I hand the baton to you. You leave the room. This easy part is me working on you. The hard part is you going out into the world and maintaining the changes that have been offered for you. Yeah. And it's, le- it's, it's lessons. It's like these are the things they're asking you to relinquish. These are the things that are waiting for you once you do that. What changes are you willing to make in order to feel this way? And you need to make a list. Well, I have a list. I don't read the news and look at social media in the morning anymore. It's not a good way to start the day. Yep. It helps. I try to remind myself that I'm going to cross paths with at least five or six assholes every single day. I'm very hypervigilant, so when I see things and do things, it's, it's like I'm aware of my surroundings. How come you're not? So on my list of things that I'm trying to do, it's, you know, I keep telling myself, you don't know that person's story. Right. I have to make up a lot of concessions for a lot of people all the time. <laughs> well, if you look at it in terms, and I, I understand what you're saying, and there's 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 a lot of um, positivity with, with, with what you've just said. The other side of it is that simply you just meet people where they are and know that this is, that is, that's their journey, mm-hmm. right? They're crossing paths with you so that perhaps you can maybe work on a little more compassion in your life. It's always comes back to us. Everything, everyone, every situation is an echo for us. Yeah. And it's a reflection of a piece of us somewhere in us. Mm -hmm. And perhaps there's some pieces in us that need a little more light than others. So you will be given so many magnificent opportunities in which to make those changes. And that's how changes happen. They don't happen because you asked for it. Manifesting isn't wishing it and then you receive it. Right. If it were only that easy. I know. I wish it was. Put it in a pill form. Mm-hmm. Just take That's, it with my breakfast. And here we are in America. <laughs> yep. This was a great interview, but I don't want to take up all of your time. What's a parting thought you'd like to leave with my fellow Scuttlebuds that are listening to this? Little Scuttlebuds. If you could take one thing away from this conversation, I think meeting the world with more compassion and kindness would be a really good place to start any changes that are going to take place in your own lives because if you do that and if you meet people with compassion and kindness just saying those words and meeting people with grace it changes your own frequency so raising the frequency will bring your own sense of humanity up when one person heals we heal globally 
Also, I just feel like we did a big giant bong hit. I am so relaxed right now. <laughs> just chill. <laughs> You're welcome. This is great. I, this was. I feel like I just got some therapy. We were just hanging out. You know, I feel like I just want to just go give people a hug down at Starbucks instead. Let's go. Of, you know. Let's go. Do you want to go to Starbucks? Let's go spread some love. Let's go do. Let's do that. Yeah. All right. Well, scuttlebutts. I don't want to be selfish, but Gina and I are going to continue this conversation, spreading some love. Right? That's it, yeah. All right. Let's do it. Cool. All right. Well, for Mike Page and Liz Daly and Gina Duffy, our guests, I'm Rick Fink. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Town Scuttlebutt. We will see you guys next week. See ya. We here at Small Town Scuttlebutt love that you listen to us every week. If you like what you hear, go support the businesses that help support us, like APC Pest Control, Larkin's Liquors, Mario's Lawn Care, Perez Martial Arts, Medfield Village Cleaners, Royal Pizza, Park Street Books, Smear Campaign, and Mike Page Studios.